educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Boy, howdy, boys and girls. We got a jam-packed show for you today. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it very much on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, 5.07, on a Wednesday, October 4th. And boy, if this isn't a Chamber of Commerce day, I don't know what is. What is it? 71 degrees, bright sunshine. Yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful day, and we appreciate it very much. You chose to tune us in. We, uh, we, uh, you know, we like to talk uh, truth over tribalism, principle over partisanship. Hopefully, we'll do a little informing and educating, and maybe even throw in some entertainment for your day. So, uh, remember, if you miss anything, you can always dial us up on your favorite podcast platform, uh, or just go to klian.com, live stream us there, or. Scroll down on the Dan Parsons page and find the episode you missed out on. Uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour at the break, after the news, uh, our GOP political consultant, Mr. Ryan Horn, is going to weigh in. We had Ryan on last week and talked a little politics, so I thought, you know, probably appropriate uh, today uh, with our guest here in the first half of the show and the topics we're talking about. Uh, before we get to that, though, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Oh, good to be here, Dan. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here, Johnny, as always. I, don't, I wouldn't, uh, there wouldn't, I wouldn't be on the air without you <laughs> being here. Well, and I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I've, I think the listeners can tell based on the interaction we have when our mics are turned on that we have together, we get along. But yeah, I, you know, over the last little over five months, you and I have also developed quite the friendship. Darn right. And I appreciate you seeing you as a coworker every day and as a friend. There so. you go. There you go, Johnny. Well, I appreciate you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd invite you to follow us on our X, uh, formerly known as Twitter, and Facebook accounts. Uh, we like to keep the conversation going when we're not on the air. Shoot, we only get to talk to you an hour a day. So, And... Uh, uh, as I introduce our guest uh, on the phone here, um, yeah, we stirred it up a little bit on, on X this afternoon, introducing uh, our guest for the day. Well, uh, let me uh, introduce uh, the hardest working man in, in Nebraska maybe this week, uh, uh, Congressman Mike Flood. Uh, Congressman, thanks for taking some time to, to visit with us today. Well, hey, thanks a lot for having me on, Dan. I appreciate it. Big week in uh, Washington and, and for our country, as you know. Absolutely. Well, I'll just set it up, uh, uh, Congressman. Uh, obviously, yesterday was a historic day, uh, first time in our history that uh, the top leadership post in our United States Congress, uh, House of Representatives, was uh, removed from their post uh, at a vote of 216 to 210. Uh, with eight of your colleagues on the Republican side uh, uh, deciding to vote that way. And then, uh, I guess, uh, uh, most of, if not all, the Democrats. And so, uh, but just to clarify, as we start off, you were not one of the folks that voted against uh, Kevin McCarthy to leave that post. So I'll just open it up, Mike, uh, Congressman, and and tell us uh, your thoughts. Well, I'll kind of walk you through it. So um, obviously last weekend we got to a point where it was Saturday, uh, government funding was going to run out at 11:59 p.m. And here's the here's the things that the Republican conference tried to accomplish before we got to the point where we passed a 45-day continuing resolution. The main strategy among House Republicans early last week and for weeks before that was to put together a plan. Uh, not you could call it a continuing resolution, but it would essentially be a, a bill that would strongly fund the southern border because we felt 
that we feel that all Americans, Republicans and Democrats, Democrat mayors in New York and Connecticut, the governor of Connecticut, are starting to say that the border is the number one issue in the United States because suddenly Governor Abbott down in Texas is sending dozens of you right. know, hundreds of you know, over 100,000 immigrants their way, and it's becoming a crisis. So the idea was, let's make President Biden deal with the border, attach it to the funding uh, to fund the government until we can get these 12 appropriations bills passed. We've done 70 percent of the heavy lifting in the House. The Senate has passed nothing. So it was very unlikely that there was going to be a way to have a conference between the House and the Senate to settle all that. Right, right. Well, that was not acceptable to about 21 members um, of our conference that were Republicans. And so uh, the next idea was, well, you know, let's see what the Senate sends us. Well, we knew that wasn't a a real option because Mm -hmm. um, it would include things that we know we didn't have the votes for on the Republican side. And probably one of the biggest issues right now is funding for Ukraine. Long story short, we get to Saturday and a lot of these different options that we were going through weren't real options that would have or meet with enough favor. Uh, At about 11 o'clock, Kevin McCarthy pulls the Republican conference together and says, we're going to go to the floor with a clean CR at 45 days, and we're going to make sure we have the disaster funding for Maui. That goes to the floor. Time's ticking away. I've got service members from off at Air Force Base calling me saying, how am I going to make my car payment wow. if I'm not paid on October 13th? Yeah. You've got folks saying, "I'm, you know, my family and I were going to Europe on a, on a trip to, to go to our family's homeland, and we don't have passports. We won't get them. The trip is off. You've got air traffic controllers talking about staying on the job for a couple of days, wondering how they're going to get paid and how they're going to make their bills work, yeah. thinking that people aren't going to get to get back to Omaha from where they're at now, you know, the Omaha airport. And so I did vote on a clean CR 45 days with the understanding that we would get these 12 appropriation bills passed. That triggered a response from Congressman Matt Gates, mm-hmm. who felt that um, McCarthy um, went a step too far by funding the government for 45 days. Um, he filed a motion to vacate as part of the deal when this whole speakership of McCarthy's was put together. Right. One person can file it. Right. Yeah, that and seems... so yesterday we had the vote, and you know what happened. Yeah. Um, every single Democrat in the House of Representatives voted with eight Republicans and took down the Speaker of the House. The result is the House of Representatives is essentially shut down for any business other than electing a speaker. Wow. Wow. Which means that, you know, federal flood insurance, there is none right now. You can't buy or sell a house if you're in a floodplain because you have to have federal flood insurance, and that program's not been reauthorized. Yeah. Uh, We're visiting with Congressman Mike Flood, our first district congressman uh, here in in Nebraska, and uh, talking about the chaos that has ensued uh, uh, in Washington and the House of Representatives. And, and Congressman, I, I, I just, you know, I think a lot of people have pretty strong feelings about this, and I won't be bashful. I, I just think Congressman Gates is, is just simply wanting to burn the damn house down. And uh, I don't think he has a plan. I don't think it's it's about how many clicks he can get and, and the attention on him. And, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because I just don't think it's productive for any reason. But... Uh, it, it just it just amazes uh, uh, I think all of us to watch this happen. 
You know, I know a lot of my colleagues have very strong feelings, as as I did yesterday. Um, you know, Jim Jordan, some of the, the leading conservative voices in our party, uh, Kat Kamek, frustrated. But here's where I'm at. When I woke up this morning, I'm not in a place where we want to do a power-sharing arrangement with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. That is not what people voted for when they elected a Republican majority. It doesn't mean we can't have relationships with Democrats or we can't find sure. and seek common ground, but we have to have a functioning majority of Republicans. And Matt Gates, uh, while I may not have agreed with everything, he's an articulate, mm-hmm. extremely bright member of our conference mm-hmm. who has um, seven other members that are listening to him. Those eight folks are Republicans. I'm a Republican. Uh as I woke up this morning, maybe hearkening back to my days in the Nebraska legislature, yes, yes. I'm interested in finding the next speaker who unites all of us, Yes, who, who, who wakes up in the morning and he can talk to Dusty Johnson in South Dakota, just like he can talk to Matt Gates in Florida, yep. just like he can talk to Corey Mills in Florida or Kevin Hearn in Oklahoma or Mike Flood in Nebraska. I'm looking for that unique leader that is focused on bringing us together, that doesn't have whatever baggage Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy had, because I think that baggage was the result that you saw yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It couldn't have just been a 45-day CR. There's yeah. more to it than that. Yeah. Well, I don't it, know what was said between the two of them, but I'm looking for somebody that doesn't have that. And I hope if Matt Gates is listening right now, he's mm-hmm. looking for something like that because we have to be on the same page. Well, well, Congressman, I appreciate, and you know this, and I've told you this privately, and I'll say it again publicly on this, on my microphone, that I appreciate that attitude. And that's why I always welcome you on this station anytime you want, uh, because you have. You've proved in our unique one-house Nebraska legislature, that you can work together with people that you don't agree with 100% of the time. And uh, so what a great model for you to bring to Washington. Uh, well, Congressman, if you can hang on through this short break, let's come back and talk about what's next. Uh, so we'll take this break. You bet. And be back after this on 1499.3 KLIN. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the jam packed uh, episode of the Dan Parsons Show. We're delighted that you chose to take us along on this uh, beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in the capital city, the greatest city in America. Uh, remember, if you miss anything, dial us up on your favorite podcast platform or just go to KLIN.com. Coming up after the break at the bottom of the hour, uh, our friend, uh, Republican political consultant, uh, Mr. Ryan Horn from Omaha. Uh, so Ryan will give us a little bit more color of the activities that are going on in Washington. But we're delighted uh, that your first district congressman, uh, Mr. Mike Flood, is uh, with us on the on the phones here today and, and giving us the blow-by-blow blow of what happened uh, in Congress yesterday in the House of Representatives. Uh, and, and, and if I may say, uh, Congressman, I, I think you're the most qualified person to take that uh, gavel uh, because of your, <laughs> yeah. the, fre- the freshman congressman from Nebraska. Give him the gavel uh, because uh, as speaker of the most unique uh, political body in America, our Nebraska legislature, you proved uh, time and time again how to get stuff done and uh, do it in a bipartisan way. But uh, so what is next, Congressman? Uh, who Who's up to bat? Who's thrown their hats in the ring? And how does that process uh, happen now? 
Well, so far today, um, we have a number of conservative options. Uh, Steve Scalise, the current majority leader, notified membership this morning that he is um, interested in the top job. He uh, obviously has quite a history in the House. He's a conservative guy. He was shot by a, yeah. um, you know, a crazy uh, back in 2017, survived. He's now undergoing cancer treatment. Wow. I'd say he's widely respected. He's going to be, uh, he's calling every member individually. Um, and Jim Jordan is also interested in becoming speaker, has a great conservative pedigree, was a wrestling coach at Ohio State, has a nice demeanor. Um, chair of has, the uh, Judiciary Committee, right? Chair of the Judiciary Committee, tireless worker, 24-7. Um, there will be others, I've heard. And, of course, if if Scalise were to become speaker, that would open up majority leaders. So you've got people calling around saying if if Scalise wins, you've got members saying, I would like to be majority leader. And hmm. then you've got folks saying, you know, so it's a it's a domino effect sure. of connections. Here's what I've done on the plane this morning from D.C. back to Omaha. I made a list of the 12 things that are important to me in the next speaker. And, you know, one of those things is that I want that individual man or woman member of Congress on the Republican side that can that has the trust and the relationships and the bedside manner to not only have relationships with every corner of the conference, but have that ability to, because of the trust they have, be able to encourage, influence folks on all sides of the spectrum within the Republican Party to get on the same page. When I was in the legislature, um, if I was dealing with somebody that was less conservative than me, I'd often be in their office explaining why this was an important vote to take and the benefits that would, they would see down the road from building trust with more conservative members. And I was doing the same thing with more conservative members, looking for a way for every single member to not only have a say, but get a win. Yeah. Maybe on that individual issue. But um, what we can't have is somebody that says, these are the five things that I'm going to push for. And if you want me a speaker, I will deliver on these five things. They have to be able to deliver 218 votes to speak as a Republican majority. And I think that's important. Well, yeah, because as as you said, I mean, that's uh, what the voters decided, that uh, they wanted right. to change in Congress. And, and the Republicans are now in charge of a very thin margin, as, as obviously as we've seen. But uh, that's the mandate. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and we can't wallow in anger. Mm-hmm. We can't legislate from anger. We can't legislate with that kind of emotion going on. And it's very difficult for a lot of members, you know, I think in the House Republican Conference right now, on both sides of, you know, whatever conservative spectrum there may be, we are, you know, the chips are down, the House is not functioning, bills are not passing, we are weaker today than we were 48 hours ago. Because if something were to happen, one of our houses in the legislative branch can only deal with the question of who the speaker is. Well, so, yeah, I, that's not good. It, it's, not, get that fixed. it's not good. And, and just, you know, based on our Constitution, uh, the Speaker of the House is third in line for the presidency, for crying out Absolutely. loud. Absolutely. You know, and uh, so Representative Patrick McHenry uh, from North Carolina is the interim speaker. Is he also interested in the full time gig or do we know? I haven't gotten that impression yet, but he is my committee chairman for financial services. Oh, that's right. Yeah. An interesting path for Patrick. He and I are the same age. He started, when I started in the legislature, 
he started in the same class that Congressman Fortenberry was in. Oh. And uh, so t- started in 2004. And what's interesting about Congressman um, McHenry, Chairman McHenry now, he started as a bomb thrower hmm. in 2004. And he, this is his story. He'll say he was, he was an aggressive um, conservative that liked, you know, there are some members that have a very good outside game. But around the financial crisis, as a member of the Financial Services Committee, he started becoming more of an inside player and has grown as one of the, the leaders of the House to have some of the most uh, policy credentials uh, in a very positive way uh, as a chairman of a committee on a very difficult subject matter committee. And um, he is, I think, widely respected through the conference. Um, it remains to be seen whether or not he wants that. I haven't heard that. And I know that during the course of today and tomorrow, folks like Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan are are trying to collect as many commitments as they can. Um, I hope that all of my colleagues, instead of, you know, it's, it's natural in a legislature to want to vote based on your friendship or your sure. relationship on a personal level. You have to make a list of things that you want to see policy-wise. And, and you know, what I want is I want unity. And I want there to be some consequences for people that disregard the whole in favor of the, of the very few. And that's not directed at Matt Gates. That's directed at everybody. Because on any given day, there's five to six members that don't agree on a certain issue. And when you have a majority of five, uh, you know, when we have five votes to spare, you can't have a lot of people going outside. That means some less conservative members have to get on board with a majority of the conference that wants to really cut spending in these appropriations bills. That means you don't get every program. That's right. I I demonstrated that by my vote on a recent um, appropriations bill. Um, yeah, there was some funding cuts there that a lot of members couldn't stomach. We're not in a position in $33 trillion in debt where we can be discriminating uh, based on subject areas we like and just enforce it on others we don't. Right. Every, every appropriations bill is going to have to see reductions, and that's the kind of steel stomach we yeah. need from our membership. Yeah. We've got about a minute uh, and a half here, uh, Congressman. Uh, two questions. Um, so what is that process? A little cooling-off period, but you come back Monday, is that right, or Tuesday? We come back Tuesday for a Tuesday night um, candidate forum for all the candidates for speaker. And we are going to start voting on Wednesday. I think Patrick McHenry's perfect world would be that we elect a speaker on Wednesday. I think that may be difficult, given the fact there are some big differences between the membership, and it's going to take a little time. I hope it doesn't take as much as it did with the first one. We don't have time to waste. We yeah. have a continuing resolution, so we got to get these bills passed. And I'm pretty confident that... Everybody on the Republican side wants to figure out a way to get there. It's just we have to get past some folks' emotions, and I'm ready to find solutions. I want a unifier. You bet. Well, Congressman, I deeply appreciate your leadership, and I deeply appreciate you taking time to talk to our listeners and inform them of what's going on. So keep up the fight. Appreciate it. 
My pleasure. Have a good night. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Congressman. All right. Uh, Coming up after the break, uh, Mr. Ryan Horn, our political consultant, uh, Republican political consultant. I suspect uh, Mr. Horn will have a few things to say. But let's take this break, and we'll find you on the other side. 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, I'd say we're doing all three, boys and girls, informing and educating for sure. And uh, and I bet we get some entertainment in here, too. I am fully backing you up and all that. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. The Johnny Cadillac's stamp of approval, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, welcome back. Uh, we appreciate it very much. You decided to tune us in on this lovely fall afternoon, on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, my thanks to Congressman Mike Flood. Uh, Mike's fired up, let me tell you. Uh, uh, you know, got a front row seat to the calamity in, uh, Congress yesterday and, uh, voting the, uh, the, the speaker out for the first time in history. And, uh, so anyway, well, we'll, con- we'll continue the conversation here in just a second, uh, with someone else that knows a thing or two about politics. But let me just tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. First of all, uh, I will not be here. I've got a client commitment, uh, that's pretty important that I have to take care of tomorrow. Uh, but the trusty and steady Mr. Doug Fitzgerald is, is going to take the helm and take the mic tomorrow afternoon for me. And so thank you in advance, Doug, for that. Uh, and his guests, uh, Mr. Jeff Mall from Visit Lincoln, and Aaron Stitt. Uh, Aaron is the general manager of the Marriott uh, Country Yard and, and Gardens Hotel in downtown Lincoln in the Haymarket. Uh, and they have some exciting things going on uh, uh, that he's going to talk with Jeff about. So anyway, tune into that. I'll say selfishly, I'd like to say I will be here tomorrow, too. You will, Johnny. So. You will be hanging, ha- handing uh, everybody their cues, yep. and keeping everybody on time, uh, and I appreciate that. I, I can just, well, I, I won't be resting. I'll be working, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll certainly be rested in the fact that uh, uh, everyone is in good hands. Yeah. Well, welcome back uh, to the show, uh, our political, our GOP political consultant, uh, Mr. Ryan Horn from Omaha. Ryan, I thought it was very appropriate. Uh, and excuse uh, the last-minute request to have you on to talk about the calamity uh, in Congress. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's kind of boring, kind of boring week in politics. <laughs> have I not been keeping up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh my goodness, uh, and I didn't get a chance to tell the congressman this, but uh, uh, I'll bet the uh, ratings on C-SPAN went through the roof yesterday. 
Yeah, they probably did. That's twice. That's twice in one year. You know, it's 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 an interesting thing. I can I can see why the congressman was upset. Um, you know, f- from a political perspective, a campaign perspective, it's not a it's not a good look for the Republicans to uh, narrowly escape shutting down the government very narrowly, and then two days later throw out their leader, throw out the Speaker of the House for having the temerity to want to make sure that you know military servicemen get paid on time and such. Yep. Then to go on vacation for a week. Mm-hmm. Well, right? that's it's, probably it's just, a good it's idea, just right? A really, it's a really bad look. And I know that and 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 voters pick up on these things over time. Uh, swing voters aren't paying attention every single minute of the day. But boy, when you when you look at a lot of focus groups like I do, it's interesting to see the things that punctuate and punch through their consciousness and, and stick in people's memories. And I think the worry for Republicans is that this is one of them. Yeah, this is one of those moments, you're right, that all eyes are focused. Even if you don't pay attention, uh, it's it's entertaining. Uh, and, and yes, people are paying attention now if they weren't before. Right. Now, the flip side of this, too, Dan, is that, like, the congressman, due respect, they, they you know, he, he needs to shoulder some of the blame in this, right? Mm-hmm. Because what happened yesterday is not that some people got upset with Kevin McCarthy, it's that they passed a rule 10 months ago yep. that allowed a single member of Congress to be able to call to vacate the chair. Yep. He voted for that rule. Yep. All 200 and some of them. Yep. Right. Yep. That's a, that's a rule that is never that no leader of a party has ever allowed because it creates instability. It means one nut job who's being investigated for. Uh, some pretty unsavory things by the name of Matt Gates. Yep. That one one crazy guy could potentially shut it all down if people, if a handful of people are uncomfortable with their leader for five minutes, and that's exactly what happened. And that entire Republican caucus gave in to those extreme demands for that ten months ago. It was just a matter of time. It was a clicking, a, a ticking time bomb. I thought it's going to go off before Christmas. I was right about that. It turns out we didn't even make it to October. We didn't make it to Halloween. Well, and uh, we're visiting with Ryan Horn, a well-known, respected uh, Republican political consultant across the country, based right here in our home state of Nebraska. And uh, But yes, uh, yeah, we all remember back, and most of us remember back in January when those votes took place, and it took, it was historic. It took, what, 15, 16 votes in order to find uh, a a leader of the House? And yes. Yeah, I did, you know, and, and I think part of what, part of the problem that the Republicans have, that our party has right now, is that it's really not about conservative or yep. principles or not. Right. Like if, if you go back to the the beginning of that battle over Kevin McCarthy, the leader of that was a guy named Chip Roy out of Texas. Mm-hmm. And Chip was saying, I want commitments that we're going to that we're going to have regular order, meaning tax policy. We're going to have a budget every year. The tax bill is going to start in the Ways and Means Committee, which, by the way, is in the Constitution that it's supposed to. That there, that we're going to have 12 bills to fund the agencies of government. They're all going to go through their respective appropriations committees. Everybody, Democrat, Republican alike, is going to have a chance to offer amendments. We're not going to pass a four or five trillion dollar budget in the dead of night thrown together by four people in a back room to avoid a continuing resolution. That was his point. That's good policy. Yeah. 
right? But at what That's cost? That's a good idea. Yeah. And, and so there's, you know, on CNN and whatnot, there's some people saying, oh, it's the far right wing. Like, no, not really. Th- those are good conservative policy principles that were worth raising. What happened here was that they passed, they, they just, he tried to, you know, Kevin McCarthy, I think, the, there is a coalition of a handful of people that are about getting clicks yep. and followers because they get more followers they get on Facebook and YouTube, the more Facebook and YouTube pays them. And I don't mean their, for their advertising and I don't mean campaign contributions. I mean, pays them personally. Hard, hard, hard cold cash. Right? Yeah. Right. So if you're trying to be a compelling person that's going to drive clicks, what they're going for is I don't want to be someone who found a compromise to keep the government open. I want to be the truth telling fighter who went down with the ship, right? Down with the ship, you got to ruin some stuff. And that is what is happening. And they empowered this, I would say eight voted against McCarthy. There's really three or four of them. Uh, the other four had other grievances with Kevin. I yeah. mean, Kevin, there's a lot of snickering that he would kind of tell you whatever you wanted to hear, that he was blow dried, that, you know, and there was, you know, maybe some of that wasn't without some uh, validity. So where do we go from here? Where does if you were consulting with uh, with the future speaker or a candidate for speaker of the United States House of Representatives? But uh, first of all, how do you get elected? And second of right. all, what's, uh, you know, because Congressman Flood uh, said on his trip uh, back here today, he, he wrote out 12 uh, things that he wanted to see uh, in the next speaker. And the first one on his list uh, was trust and building relationships and, and the ability to for unity, which well, which rings pretty it, well. I think that is kind of what to what I was saying earlier, right, which is the first thing on his list is trust. Okay, so what are you saying there? I trust was an issue with a lot of people beyond the eight people that voted exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so the first question about who who could run for speaker, who could be speaker is who wants to be speaker? Yeah, who wants to take over this? If if, if I was if I was advising uh, one of these people, Steve Scalise or or uh, someone else like I would say, bro, you don't want to be speaker unless you get a rule change, right? And now you have leverage. Like if Steve Scalise is the, if he is kind of the one that people look to as the most likely or Patrick McHenry perhaps or somebody like that and say, all right, you guys are in a jam because we don't, you know, we have five days. This is a terrible look for the American people. Uh, I'll do it. I'll step in and do it. But you, you, you freedom caucus guys that, that, that were the three of you that were on the rule committee. Now you only get one. Yeah. All right. Cause what led up to this was that they jammed the rule on this, on the defense spending bills and it started the whole ball rolling. Okay. So you don't okay. get that. You don't get the one vote to vacate the house. You don't get any of that. That's so, the first thing. I and get. so they can go back and change all those rules, obviously. They're going to have to. Yeah. 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 Chairs vacated. So yeah, they got to pass a new rule package. Yeah. Exactly. 
We're visiting with Ryan Horn, a political consultant uh, out of Omaha, uh, represents clients all over the country, and, uh, and and is always an entertaining guest, and that's why, <laughs> in addition to your good uh, thinking and intelligence, uh, there's never a dull moment. Well, Ryan, uh, we've got just 30 seconds here before we take a quick break, but uh, maybe when we come back, uh, let's talk about this Republican Party and where it's going, and, and our party. <laughs> for those yeah. that, you know, uh, it, it certainly doesn't look like uh, what I signed up for uh, many years ago, that's for sure. But uh, but let's take this little break. Ryan, if you can hold on, we'll come back and finish up uh, after this short break on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Yes, indeed, boys and girls. It's a hot time in the city. Well, it's a hot time in the studio. First of all, it is stinking hot in this studio, Johnny. What the heck happened? Did we not pay the electric bill? Uh, Something. My goodness. But... Uh, and we're having a hot time on the mic too, and uh, and on breaks too. We're having fun. But uh, my thanks to Congressman uh, Mike Flood in the first half of the show, uh, giving us the blow by blow of what happened uh, <clears throat> on the floor of the United States Congress, uh, House of Representatives yesterday. And our friend Mr. Ryan Horn is with us, uh, well-known GOP political consultant here in Nebraska and across the country. And we're kind of dissecting uh, what the heck's going on with uh, the Republican Party. Uh, so, Ryan, thanks again for uh, jumping on here today. Appreciate it very much. But, yeah, what's, uh, what's it look like? What, what does this do to the brand of the Republican Party? Well, I think it's. I think we have to be careful not to overblow it too much. Um, but I think it's. But I also think you, you look at you look at history, and voters. As much as those middle of the roaders don't always pay attention to the back and forth, they don't pay attention to the everyday stuff that's going on in Congress. They they don't pay attention to that because yep. they have lives. Um, but they notice the big things, and every time that a party has attempted to shut down the government to get some kind of concession from the other party, they have blamed the party that tried to shut down the government. Yep. And in this case, it was Republicans. And in every case, it has been Republicans. Now, part of that is because the Democrats are the party of spending. So they're they're fine with just continuing to spend. They love these continuing resolutions. They're fine. Locks in high spending rates. Um, on the other hand, shutting down the government is just a it, it just doesn't get you anything. Yeah. It, it's just it's just it's completely theater. Yeah. It, you know, you heard Marjorie Taylor Greene to my point about we they just want to be captains that go down with the ship, but we're the damn ship. Um, you heard Marjorie Taylor Greene the other day said, well, we we wanted to shut down the government to punish Washington. <laughs> I've been to Washington. Those lobbyists that populate that town, they're doing just fine. Yeah, that's right. We ain't punishing them. Yep. The, the people that get punished are the are the park ranger who doesn't get his paycheck on time. Yeah. Like that's who gets punished by yeah. that. So. It's it's just people being really stupid, and you would think that the uh, that, that enough of the conservatives who were, you know, alive and watching what happened in twenty with you know with Ted Cruz in twenty ten and twenty fourteen, like you would you would think they would have learned their lesson, yeah. right? They're they're not they're not. Yeah. Um, so there's it it goes to those backwards incentives. Like while we were while we were on break, I just went over to Matt Gates. Um, uh, Twitter X, formerly known as Twitter profile. And, uh, you know, there, there he is on Seb Gorka's show. That's his first post. The next one is his post on the, uh, on, uh, on Steve Bannon's podcast, the number five or six rated podcast. So 
it's not a it's not about governing with some of these people. It's about driving clicks, which they get personally paid for yep. with advertising on the platforms from the platforms, and then they go out and raise, you know, small dollar contributions, and then they grift some of those uh, through their campaigns to themselves personally. Because you it's, know, it's you know, mess. I don't know how to change that incentive structure. Well, because I, I would say with this episode, for the first time, you heard some other members of Congress use saying that out loud. You heard people say the grifting is a problem. Well, the grifter in chief is still uh, the former grifter in chief is still at it. Uh, well, and that's and that's part of the problem is that you know Kevin McCarthy. Like for a minute, they thought, well, maybe the Democrats will vote for him. He rehabilitated Donald Trump four days after January six. Yeah, when the whole country was going like, yeah, that was a that was a violent attempt to stop Congress from certifying the election. We can't ever have that guy again. He was a disgrace under Mar-a-Lago. And four and days later, flies down there and takes his picture with him doing two thumbs up. Yep, and and really helped rehabilitate him. So why on the earth would the Democrats? I mean that that was just silly talk. I, I think part of what happened here is that Kevin McCarthy is a little bit of an analogy of the problem between um, an extreme base of the party and these grifters and activists that are about putting on a show more than governing. He's an allegory for how to manage them, which is he thought that, that if I just keep feeding this alligator in the bathtub, it won't be, get big enough to jump up and eat my face. And it jumped up and ate his face. Yeah, not only bit him, but swallowed him whole. Um, you know, uh, we've got a few minutes left here, Ryan. But, uh, you know, I've heard people, uh, again, people who may be, uh, you know, on on different sides of the political aisle, but uh, were commenting, and, and I know Nancy Pelosi is a great fundraising opportunity for every Republican campaign in America, but mm -hmm. people were making the comment of she would have never ever ever allowed what happened uh that, that kevin mccarthy set those rules uh she ran yeah. that place pretty damn good yeah i i don't think hardly any speaker before her uh before this would have and it's it, it is this and again it's another metaphor of how ambition for so many of today's leaders in yep. washington ambition is not just getting ahead of trying to do what's best for the country. It is completely obliviated and obfuscated the view of what's best for the country. Well, so, and, and passing that rule that was, that was destined to create this problem. I think Kevin McCarthy was thinking, I can just get to be speaker and then my name will be on that wall forever. Um, and it will be. Yeah. He made history. All right. Yeah. He made history. All right. Yeah. Um, and, and he didn't look and there, there's just not enough adults right now looking and saying we got to do what's best for the country sometimes yeah yeah well uh ryan horn uh, i appreciate you jumping on here at uh at the last minute and and helping us uh understand this process that we're going through and uh in doing it in a way that's always entertaining my friend i appreciate it very much uh what's going on in your world got any exciting clients that you're uh helping out that you're excited about Oh yeah, it's uh you know it's it's uh it's the odd year, right? So there's big there's not a ton going on, but there's a couple big mayors races we're we're doing and uh and we're and and we're and we're doing a lot of work in the New Jersey. So New Jersey rep uh, elects their legislatures in odd years. Oh, okay. And they have some really extreme stuff going on pushed by the Democrats out there. 
schools, the, the attorney general suing schools out there to stop them from informing their parents when their kid says they might want to be a different gender. Okay. Yeah. That bad. So it's against the law. They're making it against the law for a school to inform a parent and forcing school schools to keep two separate sets of books with two different names on them. It's just nuts. And we're out there trying to get the voters of New Jersey to see what's happening and, and, uh, and get rid of one party control out, out there. Okay. Ryan Horn. Thank you. We'll do this again. You know, you you will always have a seat at the table here, my friend. Right on, brother. Anytime. <laughs> okay. Uh, folks, uh, tune in tomorrow. I won't be here, but Doug Fitzgerald is going to host uh, with Jeff Mall from Visit Lincoln uh, and Aaron Stitt uh, from uh, the Marriott Courtyard. So we appreciate that. And no show on Friday. That's the other program note. Uh, the Huskers are going to be playing football uh, versus Illinois Friday. So we get the day off Friday. So I'll see you back here on Monday, but tune in tomorrow for Jeff uh, and Doug Fitzgerald. That's the show. Thanks to, for Congressman uh, Mike Flood for joining us and Ryan Horn. Uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Uh, now go do good things on 1499.3 KLIN.